Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Today's guest, Tanessa Shears, is a kinesiologist, certified sleep science coach, health consultant, and host of the Becoming Limitless podcast. She helps entrepreneurs scale their businesses by optimizing their health, focus, and productivity with science and biohacking. So if you're ready for growth, but maybe went a little wild over the holidays, this one's probably for you. Hey, Tanessa, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Yes, I'm excited for such an unusual topic, I think, for the show. Let's start with a little bit about you and your business. Yeah, so my name is Tanessa Shears, and I'm a health consultant. I work with entrepreneurs to help them put their health back on the table after, you know, you know when you start building your business and you're like, just when I get to this milestone, then all of a sudden my hair won't be on fire and it'll be great and then I can, you know, do the things that I actually planned for my life. Then I'll eat a salad. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Or go to the gym or sleep on time. What is sleep, right? So we go milestone and then we're like, but but just at this one or when I hire my next team member or when I magically have five hours on a Sunday to start planning all of this stuff. And we end up getting to that place and we're just exhausted. And we spend all day doing, doing, doing client meetings, creating content, answering emails. We do all of this stuff and we get to the end of our day. We're so wiped out. We collapse onto the couch and watch Netflix, not because there's anything wrong with Netflix, but because it's the default I can't bear to think anymore option. Yep. While scrolling your phone on Instagram, staying up way too many episodes into your bedtime, and then starting the whole next day again with that brain fog and feeling exhausted. So basically my job is to come in and help entrepreneurs put a health plan in place, which helps them, you know, have more energy in the morning, feel very clear, focused and sharp and be way more productive during our day. I think you're right. I think it's the last thing that we prioritize. So everybody's gone, it's New Year's, I'm a whole new person. And now it's we're recording this on January 4th and no one is a new person. So we're all like New Year's resolutions have gone out of the way. They're, they're history. So let's say we're going to start fresh tomorrow or Monday. Where would you start with someone? I love this question because we all go, what diet should I be on? How many calories should it be? When should I exercise? What's the hottest thing? And I'm like, how's your sleep? And people are like, excuse me? No, no, no. We do the exciting things. And I'm like, oh, but sleep is the exciting thing. And the reason I say that is because most of us take sleep for granted. I used to be one of those people. Like, I remember skipping people's stories when they talked about sleep being like, okay, I mean, that's good for you. I get enough sleep. I feel fine. Um, can I exercise or do something like that? But what I didn't realize was how much sleep and everything else in our life, from how we show up in our business to our consistency, to our whether we do our exercise or not, to how our body processes the food we eat, it's all a bi-directional relationship with sleep. And so without high quality sleep, we're showing up to our day exhausted. Oh, I don't have the energy to do this workout. I have higher food cravings than usual. That bowl of cereal looks really good or that bowl of noodles looks really good. I don't feel like doing this. Why is this work taking so long? I'm going to have to work later. I didn't get everything done. And so we really don't realize how much we rely on our brain's ability to make really fast, good decisions when it comes to any area in our business or our health. So by really understanding how to get that refreshed, 
fast start to your day with sleep, everything else becomes easier. I have always been the person who needed eight, nine hours of sleep. To me, sleep is the exciting thing. Like if you said to me, Diane, I really need you to sleep 10 hours, I'd be like, I'm so down. I'm 100%. So everybody who's out there listening to you right now is going, okay, quality sleep, gotcha. And how do I do that? Yeah. So it starts by understanding that we all share this thing called a circadian rhythm. And some people have heard of it, some haven't. It basically means that our bodies are, we follow a 24-hour clock. And once you really start to understand this, it's kind of neat. Like our heart rate goes up and down very predictably at certain times of the day. And our body temperature and when we sleep and when we get hungry and when we digest best, like all of these things follow this clock. Now, this clock is in every organ and every cell in our body, and it is designed to help us perform optimally. Now, when we go and do things to directly affect it, like look at screens right before bed on our phones or our computers, or we eat very close to bed and our body's digesting instead of recovering, or we go to bed late on weekends and sleep in on weekends, all of these things are working against our biology, and it's making it very hard for our brains to show up and have high quality sleep because that's the big thing is there's a difference between being able to pass out for eight hours a night and then actually have your brain get the recovery and the quality of like deep sleep and dreaming to perform at the highest level the next day. So I've seen an in for entrepreneurs who are like, I don't want to sleep for eight hours. Talk gadgets to me. I always find oh. that if you can if you can tell an entrepreneur there's a gadget for that, I think I see on an aura ring on your hand. I've got my Fitbit on my wrist. So we're both covered in gadgets to do with yeah. uh, sleep and steps and all the things. How effective is that for someone? Because I'm sure I read somewhere that actually if you wake up in the morning and you feel fine and you look at your sleep score or whatever the equivalent is on other gadgets and it's not optimal, you can almost feel more tired immediately. But... At the same time, I think if you're trying to optimize sleep, you have to have some data to work with. Yeah, exactly. So I'll go back to your first part of your question is like, talk about gadgets. So right now I have on a Fitbit and an Aura Ring. And both of those, what they do is during the night, they give you data on how long you were asleep. Did you get deep sleep for your brain, which has a whole host of benefits? Does it, are you spending enough time dreaming? How much of that time were you awake? Were you tossing and turning like even things like like looking at like how relaxed did your body get during the night? And it measures a stress score called your heart rate variability. Now, all of this data is super useful unless we don't know what to do with it. So I always like to think of like that's an open loop. Like you wake up in the morning and to your point, if you're waking up in the morning and letting your device decide how you feel during the day, I would recommend waiting three or four hours to check your data until you make any assessments. But I always think of it as an open loop. Like I always, when I, I find it really interesting, I had this conversation with my mom a little while ago. She got a Fitbit to track her steps. And I was like, awesome. So what are you doing with it? She's like, oh, I just look at it every day. I was like, oh, are you trying to like work towards something? Like, what are you doing with this data? And she was just like, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't really know how to, what do I do with it? So here's the, here's where I think this whole conversation of using tech and wearable tech to optimize our brain so we work better and entrepreneurship goes so beautifully together. So think about this. If you've ever run a Facebook ad or honestly anything that you involve having to like see how it went, you're always looking for return on investment. You're looking at, okay, when I did this, what result did I get? Was it a good return on investment? 
And if I need to tweak it, what part of it am I tweaking? Am I doing the headline? Am I doing the copy? Am I doing the image? Like you're like, what part of it needs to be tweaked? So as entrepreneurs, we're always wanting to get return on investment in our business, yet we don't think twice on how our brain's return on investment would show up if it were working at 90% instead of the 60% it might be at, right? So when I look at my data in the morning and I'm like, okay, I decided to turn screens off an hour before bed last night. And now I'm looking at my data the next morning and looking at what it has been previously. Did I see a difference? And if I repeat this for a week, am I getting the return on investment? Am I having better quality sleep? Am I feeling clearer? So looking at it the same way as if you were to run like an ad series is what I do when I look at my data. It's like, okay, what was the input? What was the output? Is this something I'm going to keep doing or does some component of it need to change? Which is very exciting to someone like me because I can already see the spreadsheet. I'm already very oh. excited by the spreadsheet. <laughs> Oh, there's my spreadsheets that I do. A lot of what I love doing because I think it's so valuable is one of the things we miss is when we look at just one day's data at a time, whether it's on your Fitbit or whatever it might be, you look at it and you're like, okay, cool. But what I like to do is I like to export the data, plug it into a spreadsheet, and then have you be able to see it all at once, right? And then it's so fun. Like if you're no spreadsheets, you can easily just put in a conditional formatting cell that'll be like highlight blue when I get at least this much deep sleep. And what it does is it gives you like a zoom out photo of like, wow, now I can see what's working and what's not. It's not a snapshot in a day. It's like that zoom out what's going on with my brain and my health. Oh, don't tip me with a good time. So if our sleep is, is essentially like our baseline, right? It's the, the thing that we have to get for I guess everything else to build on, because you said when we have bad sleep, we don't work out, we don't concentrate particularly well, so we don't have a very productive day, we probably don't eat particularly well. How do we go from, okay, I've had really good sleep, to then thinking about what do I prioritize next? Yeah, there's two different paths you can go down here, and we can talk about them both. But I find that I have seven, several entrepreneurs that I'll work with, and they will get through sleep, and they're like, but I'm so worn down. There's so much going on in my business. I can't handle it all. Like, I can't keep up. There's balls dropping. I'm so stressed out. My kids are doing this. My dog's doing this. And we're like, okay, we just really need to hone you in here and build your stress resiliency. So that's part one. Okay. The other thing we can go into is if you're like, you know what? I seem like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cool cucumber, so to speak. Then we're, we can look at is like, okay, but are you feeling clear? Is your energy sustainable throughout the day? Are you hitting three o'clock and you're crashing? Because then what that says to me is let's look at what you're eating and how that's affecting the stability of your energy. So I don't know which one you wanted to go with first, but we could talk about both. Well, I think given where everybody was kind of at the end of last year, you know, everybody's back now and it's like, oh, new year, new me. I'm super like pumped. I'm all excited and well-rested and everything. But if I think about December last year, the conversations that I was having were nine times out of 10 about extended, consistent stress leading to burnout, anxiety, that lack of resilience. So people really, you know, not showing up necessarily as their best self in all situations and then taking longer to bounce back. So let's do stress resilience first. Yeah. So with stress resiliency, I think one of the things I'd love to point out is right in the word stress resiliency is we're often, I find if you like look at the health industry as a whole, we're often sold this whole like, 
self-care, where's your bubble bath and your yoga and your journal writing and why don't you have a one-hour morning routine and what is going on? And I have a seven-month-old right now and a two-year-old. Their morning routines are just not happening in this household here. You know what I mean? And we're up in the middle of the night. And so we're looking at like, well, what if the whole goal is not to eliminate stress? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what we're told is you have to just get rid of your stress. And if you have stress, there's something wrong. I think stress is normal. I think what we need to work on is our ability to bounce back after a stressful event, because sometimes we will have a stressful event that will knock us out for a week. And that is not being resilient, right? Yeah, I mean, we're meant to have stress, right? It serves a purpose for us. Historically, we weren't supposed to be skipping through the savannah while the lion is merrily chasing us, right? Right. But But I think that's what we're told, though, is like, you should not have so much stress and here's how to lower it. But what if it's like, you can experience it, And it's okay because your tolerance for stress is higher and your ability to recover is better. And so the time frame of the stressful experience shortens. So you don't get into that chronic stress, which is, I guess, where the real danger is. Yeah. When you can tell if you've crossed into chronic stress, if you any of these are resonating with you. I try to go to sleep at night and I stare at my ceiling and it takes me half an hour more to fall asleep and I'm tossing and turning. That's number one. Number two, I wake up during the middle of the night and I have, it takes me longer than 20 minutes to fall back asleep. And I wake up multiple times. That's number two. The third way you can tell is I wake up first thing in the morning or even in the middle of the night and my brain lights up like a Christmas tree with my to-do list, everything I did wrong yesterday, what I'm not doing, all the goals for my business. If that is you at all and it is affecting your ability to have quality sleep, it's crossed into chronic stress. So what we want to do, and I can share a couple of strategies directly, is like we're looking at being able to experience stress and recover and being able to relax and then get back into that alertness. Like we don't want to eliminate stress because then we would not be focused or get anything done during a day. Mm -hmm. That mild stress is good, right? So what I look at is like there are different types of strategies to deal with stress. You have real-time strategies that you can do in the minute when you feel like you're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. You have recovery strategies which help you, you know, bring yourself back up to baseline. And then you have resiliency strategies that help to build your tolerance for stress. And one of the ones I like to share, and because it's so powerful, you can do it in real time when you are stressed out. Like you get maybe a fiery email from a client or someone's not very nice on Instagram and you feel that flush that instantly happens or a link breaks Mm -hmm. or something's not working. What you can do in that real time moment is not a bubble bath, it's not yoga, (laughs) Because that's not going to happen in the middle of your workday. But what you can do is called a physiological sigh. So I thought this was neat when I learned this. But did you know that when you breathe in, your heart rate speeds up? And when you exhale, your heart rate slows down. So we, if we can just do breathing in a way that has a longer exhale, we will actually be able to calm ourselves in the moment. And the way we do that, it's called a double inhale, exhale breathing. I'm going to breathe in as much air as I can through my nose. And then a teeny sip at the top. And then a very long exhale. And I'm breathing out as long as I can. And by extending that exhale, it slows your heart rate. You do that two or three times. Your brain is now back online so that you can start using the other strategies that we know more about to help calm us down. So that's kind of like the reset button Mm -hmm. to just get you level so that you can then use your more developed brain to respond to the nasty person or the fiery email or whatever is happening in that moment. Okay, when we have been stressed, 
how do we do the bounce back? So let's say we have like 20 fiery emails in a day and we've tried to respond as best as we can, but by the end of the day, we're still feeling that kind of stress in our bodies and our, like our brains are dead. How do we come back tomorrow or fall asleep more easily? Yeah, I call these recovery strategies. So we had real time and these are recovery. So what I like to think of is performing a nervous system reset. Now, if you can do this as a day, great. If you can do this as an hour, great. If you can do this as 15 minutes. But what I really want you to think of are what are the things that I know create feelings of relaxed, recharged, rejuvenated, calm. Because what we go to is we have a day like that and we get exhausted. And so we just zone out into TikTok or Instagram. It's Mm -hmm. just an escape. And not actually creating the feeling that's going to help build you back up. So things that I really like doing, for example, is, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Like, I really like, like, coffeehouse jazz music. Like, just, it feels like, you know, that kind of like if you were to just sit alone. I haven't done this in over three years (laughs) of kids. Sitting alone in a coffee shop with a hot beverage and maybe a book or, you know, that idea. Yeah. Music can create that feeling. Even if I'm doing something like washing the dishes or something like that, like that creates that experience for me. The other thing that'll create that for me in general is um, organizing my closet. It is just one of those things that creates calm. And everyone's is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really looking at like, okay, if the feeling I want is recharged, is what I am doing giving me that? And there's nothing wrong with Netflix. But if we're getting up from three or four episodes and we still feel all that comes rushing back, it didn't do the job. Right. So maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's just stretching. Maybe it is, you know, plugging in some non-sleep deep rest, which is if you Mm. YouTube non-sleep deep rest, it's amazing for just a quick 10 minute recharge. But like really looking at what are the things that I do that I can put in place to help. And like one of the things I said is I think we all deserve at least one day off a week where we're not like deep in our business. Mm-hmm. Using that day and stacking those things, meaning like I start in the morning and I'll go for a 10 minute walk and then maybe I have to get into real life and be a mom. But then I can put the music on and that'll help. You know what I mean? Just start mm-hmm. and then maybe on a nap, I'll read for 10 minutes. Just start layering in those things that make you feel like a human being and not just a human doing. Gotcha. And this would be like where the bubble bath would come in. If the bubble bath is your thing. If the bubble bath is your thing, yes, that's okay, exactly Okay, so bubble bath is a recovery strategy. Okay. So then how do we flick into the resilience? How do we build our resilience so that we're not crashing every time we have one of those days? Yeah, so I want you to compare it to this. Imagine you're in the gym and you wanted to get, let's just use stronger biceps because it's a really easy example to imagine. How are you going to get a stronger bicep? It's by doing bicep curls and then... When you got good at that, you pick up a heavier weight, right? And then you get good at that. And it's that whole idea of adaptation. Our body can improve our stress tolerance just like that. So for example, if you're thinking of like, normally when I have this task going on and this task going on and there's this thing in my personal life and then all of a sudden it feels like I've gotten too much, if we can raise your capacity before you spiral out, You are going to be so much more resilient because you're not going to be crashing as often, right? So how do you do that? You specifically and purposefully stress your body out 
so that it builds its capacity. And you're like, well, well what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this is not where I thought this interview was going. I'm like, why am I adding stress? I'm trying to get rid of stress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you a couple examples of how we can productively add stress. So a really good example of this would be exercise. Exercise okay. is a stressor on the body, right? It, we have to work. Our heart rate beats harder. There's damage to the muscle tissues. It has to recover. Exercise is a great way to build our stress tolerance. The second one, deliberate cold exposure. So adding cold showers, even 30 seconds on the end of the cold shower, what it does is it causes that spike in adrenaline, right? Mm -hmm. And that dopamine and everything that really creates that alertness and motivation. And then our body experiences a little stress and it recovers from it. So deliberate cold exposure. Another good one is deliberate heat exposure, sitting in a sauna. Maybe that might be a little more relaxing to most people than the cold, but <laughs> the sauna is a really good way. Another actually really interesting way is by fasting. Now, I don't practice fasting regularly, but if one day I decided to extend my breakfast until later in the day, that is a stressor on the body. So there are all of these ways that you can layer in to develop your body's tolerance for stress so it doesn't hit you so hard when you do experience the natural stresses of life. So it's kind of controlled physical stress, increases your capacity for mental stress as well. It's the same vibe in your body. Yeah, well, because, you know, you've probably heard before that, like, your brain can't tell the difference between an imagined event and a real event, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's all perception and thoughts. So whether you have someone standing there yelling at you or you think about someone standing there and yelling at you, your brain perceives that the same. Right. So it all is at the level of the brain. So if we're like if if that is happening in your body is um, rising levels of adrenaline and cortisol. Well, we can do that in a way that's not mentally taxing as mm -hmm. well. And I find the beautiful thing about using these strategies on the body is that they don't make us feel mentally exhausted the same way it would mm -hmm. be if you like really had to do the same idea with your brain, like think of something negative and then try to recover. Like that's just mentally exhausting. But this is yeah. the way to do that same thing. That sounds like a recipe for not getting quality sleep. Right. I agree. Okay. <laughs> so we've talked about our super stressy people who want more resilience. What about our people who they're pretty chill, but they're still a little brain foggy. They're still mm -hmm. crashing at three o'clock. Yeah. I love to look at what we're eating because most of us don't understand like we hear the term say blood sugar for example and i always used to be like okay that has to do with diabetes or insulin that has to do with diabetes but we all have blood sugar when we eat specifically you know carbohydrates and if we eat too much protein it turns into what we call glucose in the blood when that is stable your brain will likely be a lot more clear your energy will be very stable you'll be able to coast through the afternoon and you'll have a just a gradual natural decline in energy instead of like that wall that we sometimes hit in the afternoon well we can actually affect that and and affect what's called your glycemic variability that's just basically a fancy word for like is your blood sugar stable or is it all over the place okay when you eat food specifically, if you think about foods that are processed foods or really dense in carbohydrates, like, you know, the ones we think of like pastas and breads and, and pastries and cookies and that kind of stuff. The and good cereal, stuff. The stuff that tastes good, yes. Right, got you. When we eat those things, we get a massive rise in blood sugar, which creates a lot of brain fog and inflammation. And then subsequently, we get a big fall as our body mm -hmm. tries to deal with it. And that fall is associated with cravings, crash hunger and we start snacking and repeat that cycle 
So our brain is constantly experiencing that brain fog and our energy is all over the place. So what we start looking at is we start with the first meal of the day because that is what's going to have the reflect on our workday the most, right? It's the first thing that happens. So we're looking at, okay, how can we make sure that this meal keeps our blood sugar stable? And we're just wanting to, the, the, the simplest way you can think about it is you look at your food and you ask yourself, did it come from the ground or did it have a mother? Okay. It's some source of plant or protein. So that's the easiest way you can look mm -hmm. at it. And if it comes with a ton of packaging and if it was processed and stored and preserved and all of these things, you can bet it's going to have more of an inflammatory effect on your body. Okay. So again, it's that same thing of like, what is our baseline? So for all of the strategies, the sleep, the resilience, the the brain fog, the crash, it feels to me like it's finding a way to improve your baseline, your starting point with all of them. Yes. Yeah, it's just always asking yourself, like, how can I do 10% better, right? Mm -hmm. And the goal is not perfection in any of this. And I always tell my clients this. I'm like, the goal is just what is our new minimum standard in that we don't fall below? Like, yeah, sure, you want to eat whole foods all the time. That's all great. Mm -hmm. But maybe the, me the minimum standard is just having food prepped ahead of time mm -hmm. so that you aren't, by default, reaching for the bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. That was my thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because there's nothing in the fridge. Yeah. Maybe it just needs to start there and looking at in each of these areas. My minimum standard is I want to be in bed by 10 p.m. four nights a week. That is my bare minimum standard. If I do more, great. Awesome. I think that makes it feel that much more doable. And that combined with the spreadsheet feels very exciting to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely right. Especially when you start noticing things like when I get more REM, I am much more creative in my content. You start drawing a lot of those parallels and it, oh, it's so fun. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to pay close attention now. If you could tell entrepreneurs only one thing about biohacking for their business, what would that one thing be? I would say you have to track because what gets measured gets managed, right? And so I always think of it like this, like we just came out of the holiday season <laughs> and we were probably swiping our credit cards more than other times of years. Now, can you imagine if you didn't have online banking and you're just like, ah, here it goes. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. Like, let's just hope that, you know, hope we're there's not money for the utilities. <laughs> so that's kind of, I think, how a lot of us approach our health is like, we're just like, I can't see it. And our brains don't have printouts that go, excellent job. That was enough sleep. Or look how many times you were awake last night. Good job on your dream sleep quantity. Like we don't have that. So I think that investing in some type of wearable tech, I honestly think that's one of the best investments you can make in your business because the biggest single asset in your business is your brain. If it is foggy, if you feel tired, if you have a hard time making decisions, if it is not clear, if you feel exhausted all the time and can't enjoy the life you made your business to enjoy then we need to start looking at what is actually going on. I like that because so much in our business is out of our control. Mm -hmm. And this is very much within our control. And so I think it makes a lot of sense to do it all, but I think it also feels a lot easier to do it all than like if we were doing, okay, you must run Facebook ads now. Like that has a lot of things you can't control, whereas this has a lot we can. So... I know that you have a little resource that will help us to get started with this because we have covered a lot. There was a lot of information and a lot of strategies and 
everyone's probably forgotten that they need to get quality sleep because we've gone through so much since then. Where's the best place for them to find something to help them get started? So I have made something called the Entrepreneur's Playbook. And I have put together my 12 favorite ways to biohack your energy. So if you are waking up in the morning and it feels like it takes an hour to get out of bed, boot up your brain just so that you can really start to function. In here are, I have, after surveying clients that I've worked with for three or four years, these are the, the 12 biohacks specifically that'll get you the most bang for your buck in getting your brain feeling sharp and getting your energy up first thing in the morning. And they cover everything from food to sleep. We touch on things like cold showers, standing desks, all of that kind of stuff. And it gives you a breakdown of exactly how you can implement that in a really like easily digestible way. So that's 12 ways to biohack your energy. And you can grab that at tanessashears.com slash energy. I like that because if we do one a month, then next year it really will be like new year, new me. Totally, right? <laughs> <laughs> so to finish up, I always ask my guests the same two questions. First of all, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? My number one lifestyle boundary for my business is that I do not have my phone in the same room with my children when I have decided it is just time for them. It's different if we're cooking dinner and stuff like that. But if it is time with my kids, I keep my phone away because even the most strong-willed person will end up picking up their phone to Google something once in a while. So I just eliminate that so I can be there with them. Oh, I never even thought about the Google. I was thinking like, you know, checking like how that Instagram post went or like looking at this, did I post this piece of content? But yeah. I never even thought about, like, I don't think of Google as like being online. That's well, how many times have you Googled like, what other movie has this actor been in? And what was they married to her? And then 10 minutes later, you're on oh. like some Google like <laughs> rabbit hole and you've just like completely disconnected from your, your leisure time. <laughs> the, my favorite section of Wikipedia is family. Because I'll be like, this looks like that actor would be their father. So let me go and see who their father is and let me see who their son is. Yes, I feel We that. all do it. I have had this conversation so many times. We all want to know, what else has that guy been in? Yeah. I recognize him from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I can't bear an unanswered question. Do you ever wonder what we used to do 20 years ago? I mean, I can remember what we did 20 years ago. Well, I know, as can I. But I remember like, it was just like, eh, I'll never tell and it right? was okay. It was like you'd go and ask your parents. Maybe, I don't know, why don't you check the next time you're the at the library? Like the from the library. <laughs> oh dear, dating myself, yeah. Okay, finally, what is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given on your business? Wow, the worst piece of cookie cutter advice. I would probably think, you know what, actually, what I the mistake that I made, and maybe this was something I assimilated over the years, was that if you post, they will come. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, I go on my Instagram, there's like 1,300 posts on there because I started back in 2014. Right. And it wasn't until I was like, Oh, no, wait, I have to go and get eyeballs on what I do. Right. Otherwise, I'm posting for myself. And so that was probably assimilated, but it just was like, okay, no, you need to go get the eyeballs out there. And then that was probably the cookie cutter vices just to post and they'll show up. That might have worked in 2014, actually. Oh, yeah. This has been a lot of fun. I'm very excited by the fact that I can put a spreadsheet to all of this. I, I can't say that enough. Anything that I can spreadsheet, I'm going to be enthusiastic about. And anything that I can buy new tech for. Where can people find you on the socials so that they can watch you biohacking your life or they can chat to you about what they want to try? 
Yeah. Well, the first place I'd go is I have a podcast called Becoming Limitless. And it's for entrepreneurs who want to biohack for clear thinking and energy. And like every single episode is like, oh, let's figure out what cold showers does and let's watch the biohacking and how to implement it. So you'll get literally an episode for every type of biohacking. But otherwise than that, I'm on Instagram at Tanessa Shears. Feel free to send me a DM. I always love answering the questions and getting into the nitty gritty of like, what have you applied? How'd you find that? Tell me about your return on investment. Like it's always a lot what of fun. What tech are you wearing? Show me your spreadsheets. Show me your spreadsheets. <laughs> just going to get like screenshots in the DMs now of people's spreadsheets tracking all of their like health uh, and oh. sleep. I always find that so funny. Like when I start with new clients all the time, they always end up being spreadsheet people. I'm like, what is it that attracts a good spreadsheet person to another? It must be a type. I mean, I feel like this is like your reels niche of like how to build a spreadsheet to track your sleep. Right? Oh my gosh. Especially Jeez. like your sleep to your content. Whoa. My ears definitely like perked up at that one. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.